Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. That's good. Thanks for that. Appreciate that. I know it's difficult. Um, so uh, we we want to capture our vision for you. We want to invite you into mission um, with us, with the Horsham Church of Christ, and unpack that and unpack that a little bit further with you. Um, so just before we do that, let me stop. Let's pray. Let's catch our breath. We recognise again the Spirit of God amongst us in this time and this space. Father, we thank you for the work that you are already doing in hearts and minds and spirits. We confess that it can be easy to dismiss that work or that whisper of your spirit through distractions or task lists or explanations or justifications. But in this time, in this space, we want to recognise your whisper. We want to recognise that you are our living hope. You are the one who calls us to be the hope of the world through the message of Jesus Christ. Forgive us, Father, when we haven't. Forgive us when we have tolerated poor behaviour, when we have demonstrated poor behaviour. We recognise that we have not always been people of forgiveness, we have not always been people of grace or your love, and yet in this time we again commit and submit to pursuing your heart as your people. The Horsham Church of Christ in this local context, in this space, in this time, in this season. Father, we, reveal, we ask that you would continue to reveal your plans and your purposes to us. That we would commit our ways, our plans to you so that you would establish your ways in us and through us. And in all this, we give you thanks and honour and praise, looking forward to what you will reveal and how you will call us deeper into your love, to live more fully alive out of your love. In the name of Jesus. Amen. When uh, we first moved to Mildura, Andrew and I, we moved there in 1998. Uh, 1998, we moved there with two girls, uh, May and Grace. Grace had been alive about six months when we moved to Mildura. Uh, we were enjoying settling into the environment, settling into uh, a quiet court, which was fantastic because the four years that we'd spent in Melbourne were on one of the major uh, roads, Waverley Road, 10 minutes away from the Chadston Shopping Centre, one block away from the Monash Freeway. It was madness, absolute madness. It was noisy um, at times. Uh, and we, we were... But so it was nice to move to Mildura into a quiet space, a modern three bedroom house uh, with an ensuite. Oh, wow. Um, wasn't that a gift? Um, and uh, so it was a beautiful space, beautiful uh, house that had been provided for us. And we learned very quickly while we were in Mildura to provide, uh, to understand the significance uh, and the influence and the need for air conditioners. Most people, when you think about Mildura, um, oh, it's so hot. It's not really. Uh, oh, excuse me, dribbling. Um, it's not because you can sit under air conditioners. Um, and, uh, but it's actually a beautiful heat. We really enjoyed the environment. We had lots of people who looked after us, lots of grandparent kind of people who looked after our children, looked after Andrea particularly. And then we experienced our first dust storm. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in Mildura when a dust storm has rolled through. Um, 
you can, uh, it, it is quite something. You can quite literally, I know this is, I did look briefly for a photo in the middle of a street, but you could stand in the middle of a street and just watch this wall of black come towards you. It was huge. It was overwhelming. It was frightening. Um, we, there's a sense where we wondered if the end of the world was, was coming, quite literally. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if anyone actually told us about a dust storm. We just experienced a dust storm for the first time. Um, and I, I can't remember because the significance of the air conditioners was um, with the evaporative air conditioners, my understanding is um, that, you know, you have the windows open, allows airflow, allows the air to move through the house, all that sort of stuff. Uh, there's some arguments about that in our house, about how that should function. Um, uh, but I'll tell you what, you don't want the windows open when a dust storm comes through. So, and I can't remember if Andrea ran around the house shutting off the windows or we just discovered after our first dust storm, when a dust storm is coming, when the sky grows dark, you run around really quickly and you shut the windows. The dust is red, it is thick, it is heavy, and it settles on everything. It gets in everything. It's frightening. It is frightening to some extent, but in other ways, it is spectacular. That's probably a light dust storm, I would suggest. Um, but it is something else to behold. In 2018, the Horsham Church of Christ saw the fulfilment of the vision that was carried for a long time when we opened these facilities, when we opened the ministry centre in April of 2018. It was just fantastic and it still gives me a great deal of joy as I look around the space and I see space and, and people filling the space, using the space week to week, people maintaining the space. As I think and I walk up uh, through the gardens, I even, you know, it breathes new life into me, the, not just the gardens, but the people who work so hard to make the gardens come alive for our opening so it wouldn't look dry and barren and uninviting. So many people work so tirelessly, even the thought of the seats that you're sitting on, I thought it would take hours. I think it was done in half an hour. There were so many people here unwrapping seats and unstacking. It was just something else to behold. It had been so long waiting for the life and the ministry of the church. These facilities help us function in all the ways that we wanted while leaving space for new expressions. And boy, have we seen some new expressions. And over the next 18 months, we spent time learning how to use these facilities. We're still learning how to use these facilities in some ways. But even after that, there were some people who appreciated the collective sigh of relief that we were finally in here. It had been coming for some 40 years. It had been kind of 15 years, 18 years in the making. Um, plans had changed. Property was bought and sold and all sorts of things had happening. And there, so while some went, oh, we've made it, others went, right, what's next? What's next? And then over that time, 2018, 2019, and our elders and our staff started dreaming and discerning how and what God might have been inviting us into. Towards the end of 19, 2019, there was a strong sense that we needed to think beyond 2020. There was lots of kind of conversations in church vision statements about, you know, 2020, perfect vision, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we had a strong sense as leaders that we needed to look beyond 2020. We were in a time and a space where we needed to look in significantly, not just for a year, but into the next season in the life and ministry, the next kind of calling of mission, that is the Horsham Church of Christ. 
And then the dust storm rolled in. It was a pandemic, but people started shutting up shop. Some felt forced into it. Some felt we needed to do it. Some got angry about it. Some are still angry about it. And the pandemic just kept rolling on and on and on. We watched the skies change colour and we worked out how we best needed to respond. And our desire, without really knowing how long that would last, was to simplify and build from there. So things like live streaming started with iPhones and a camera that we bought, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And then we updated that to simplify and build. People who had never been on camera before and weren't that keen to record started coming in and recording themselves. People in small areas of community took, paid greater attention to their neighbours and their family and looked out for one another. I can honestly say for all the people that I rang up in the time of two years, and maybe this is your experience, and I know there would be some who fell through the gaps or some who didn't experience it. For all the people I rang up, every time I said, can I go and get anything for you? Can I arrange anything for you? Can I pay a bill for you? Can I do anything for you? Every time that I asked those questions, people would say to me, no, no, I've got my life group looking after me, or I've got my friends looking after me, I've got my family, or I've got really good neighbours, or I'm going to look after them. The church was well and truly alive. The church went out of her way to continue to show love and demonstrate care and compassion despite the frustration of the dust storm. But not knowing how long that would endure, we continued to simplify and build because we wanted to create a space where we would experience a new work and a new move of the Holy Spirit that would refresh, enthuse, awaken, restore and renew His people to bless the community. Early on in 2020, we realised that we cannot come back the same. The world has changed forever. It's still changing. We all know that. But the call of the church and God's people remains the same. And we wanted to open the windows again so that our spirits for God's plans and his purposes to be refreshed as we live in this community. That doesn't take away some of the things we want to hold on to. We want to continue to be transforming our community in the name of Jesus, recognising this is our foundation text. And some of you might be thinking, oh man, Simon, how long are you going to bring this text? Well, I'll keep bringing this text until we get it. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And who's the one another? Everyone. You know those people you disagree with? Yep, love them, as Jesus has loved you. You know those people who annoy you? Yep, love them. You know those people who hold a different lifestyle to you? Yep, love them. As Christ has loved us, so that we can, we declare the living hope, one who has saves and restores, not just because it's a nice song that we sing, but because people see it in us. So we want to be transforming our community in the name of Jesus. We want to do that by being people who are present, that is, people of peace, actively engaged and participating in our communities. 
that we're authentic in our conversations. And that means sometimes authentic listeners, that is entering into the conversations that might be meaningful for those who don't yet know Jesus and building up a relationship with them. Not just for the purpose of saving them or in the hope that they come to follow Jesus, but for our part to love them so that the work of the Spirit can do his work. We want to be courageous when the opportunities are there so that we can share our encounter and our witness of Jesus. Remember, bear testimony to, be witness to, make disciples. And we want to be people who are generous, expressing the love of Jesus as stewards of the Father's resources. So as we sat down over the last couple of years, sometimes on Zoom, sometimes in a room together as a leadership when we could, this verse kept popping up for us in John 3, chapter 8. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 8, sorry. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. And so it is with everyone of the Spirit. Now, I don't think that makes us wild. I don't think that wild might not be the right word. I don't think that makes us reckless or thoughtless. I think it opens us up to new ways of expressing what it is to follow Jesus what it means to follow Jesus, the things that Jesus might be calling us into, might be calling me into. What does it mean for us to open the windows now for a fresh expression of God's purpose and God's calling? And I know that some of us sitting here, fresh expressions, fresh expressions or new models make us nervous, they make us uncomfortable and they're disorienting. You have a new baby, That's exciting, but it's uncomfortable. You get married, that's exciting, but it's uncomfortable. You change schools, it's exciting, but boy, you're nervous about it. You do a different job. You change jobs. You experience death. All of that disorients what we have once known, and we're in this kind of blurry space until we discover what's next. New expressions can be unsettling. But the work of the Spirit is alive and active, whether people went into exile or came out of exile. When people ignored God, there was a work of the Spirit. When people followed God, there was a work of the Spirit. When people wandered in the wilderness, when people waited for the Messiah, when people watched the death of Jesus, experienced his resurrection, responded to his invitation. All of that was calling people into a new mission. It was never about God adjusting to our desires and our expectations, but about humanity discovering what it meant to walk with him in relationship with him first and living out honestly and openly and wholeheartedly surrendered and committed to his plans and his purposes before anything else, before our families, before our jobs, before our resources, before our finances. Jesus first. God first. Seek first the kingdom of God. That he would shape our activity, our day-to-day activity. Isaiah chapter 43 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I think that's an important, that might be an important text for someone sitting here today. You feel like you're in a wasteland. You feel like this in-between space. You feel like this wilderness. You feel like you're uncertain. I want to hear, I want you to hear quite clearly for you that God might be doing something new for you in this very moment. I know there's a sense of sadness and a grief about the things that you can no longer do or the things that you were doing last week or last month or last year and there's a longing to go back to that. But hear this. 
hear this. God is already doing something new in this very present moment, in you and for you. The wild animals honour me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. And in Matthew chapter 9, verse 17, Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Now, I don't know much about wine. I, for me, I've tried a little bit. Well, this is how I define wine. Drill a hole in a tree, stick a straw in and suck. Because that's what it tastes like. Ah, dear. But anyway... But what I do know is you don't mix your wines. You don't take, I don't know, a 19, what's a, I don't even know what a good wine is. You don't take an old vintage wine and pour it into something in a box. You don't take a Shiraz and mix it with a Chardonnay? All right. There you go for all you who know something about that. You don't mix your wines. Even Jesus, well, not even Jesus. Jesus understood that and he was... Uh, Inviting us to consider, yes, there are some old things that are significant. God has been moving throughout the old things. There's no doubt about that. It's important history. There's important stories that are told. It's important testimony. It's important witness. But there's always new things that God wants to do. Because there's always people, creation, that needs to be restored in a relationship. And those old things that might have happened back here and might have sustained and encouraged and awakened are no longer doing that for this group over here. So, more than beyond 2020, we have a vision that's in progress. A vision that isn't perfect, we're not looking for perfection in our vision, but we're looking to live out of relationship with a perfect father. And we want to invite you to join us in that. And in that, we've given four frameworks, or four frameworks is perhaps the best way to do it. We want to focus and really be intentional and continue to be intentional where everything is about making disciples. And that is we want to encourage prayer. We want to encourage growing in prayer, reading in scripture, confession and repentance and serving the testimony and our worship, we want to continue to create healthy families and neighbourhoods and communities. We want to continue to create invitation for shared reflection, learning and practice in discipleship and leadership. We want to raise up new leaders, particularly through our life groups. And so even in our life groups, we want to plant 12 new groups every year through our life group ministries as a significant movement of making disciples. And we want to see at least 85% of our people involved in life groups. And out of that, we would love to see and we're aiming to see 100 new people go through the waters of baptism every year. Now, and become not just go through the waters of baptism, but become lifelong followers of Jesus. And let me just comment on that. 
If we see 10 people baptised, we will celebrate as much and as big as we see 100 people baptised. But we want to be intentional. That's our call. That's our purpose. And maybe we've lost sight of it, but we want to reinvigorate it and reignite it. We want to continue to gather as community, grow as committed people, build in covenant with one another, serve as part of a core, and be people who are sent as commissioned people. And as we make disciples across every generation, we want to see a kingdom culture that continues to be in progress, one that is full, where our lives are in an act of worship, where we respond to the invitation to follow Jesus, where we encounter our Father revealed through Jesus in prayer, in seeing miracles and signs and wonders, transformation and being obedient to the whisper of the Spirit. Now, none of this, maybe it's not very surprising, but we want to grow in our intent to this. We want to continue to create an environment where we honour and raise up leaders, where we release people into mission that reflects the justice, the mercy, the grace and the love of God. And our mission partners, we want to continue to be in progress based on the relationships that are transforming community in the name of Jesus. We want to do that locally, we want to do that regionally, and we want to do that globally. So some highlights. We want to continue to explore various ways to serve the community in partnership with other organisations. We're praying and continue to seek out people who can be advocates around hospitality and volunteers, uh, organising our volunteers that disciple people through serving. We want to invest significantly into our emerging generations and our families to be making disciples. And we want to develop new skills, pour new wine into new wineskins, if you like, or create new solutions to old issues, whether that be domestic violence, homelessness, poverty, racism or abuse. So that's locally. Regionally, we want to continue to celebrate uh, the opportunity to serve our community through our live stream. We've got people watching throughout the region here already. I know there's people watching on the other side of Melbourne. I know there's people watching uh, in South Australia. Uh, I know people connect in with us because of who we are and the heart that we communicate. Now, we would certainly encourage them to be engaged with the local community of faith as well. But it's a start and one of the conversations we want to have as part of a, a with that live stream, particularly with uh, places within an hour, hour and a half of us, how do we continue to serve and bless your local community and resource people in those communities? Whether in Donald, in Warrantnerbill or in Neil, Canivas, those kind of areas, Dimboola, how do we provide uh, a ministry that blesses them? So certainly the live stream is simplified and built, but we want to do more than just turn on the YouTube. We want to provide opportunities for meaningful partnerships in regional communities that encourage people to be making disciples in their local community. As a global movement, we want to raise up someone who will be a mission advocate overseeing our missions that will empower, train and release new expressions throughout the world and particularly work with us in facilitating mission exposure trips with current partners and their local advocates. Further to this, we want to commission five local, and you might be sitting here today, right now even, we want to commission five local uh, people, families, to be commissioned to go and serve globally by 2027. 
We want to continue partnerships with uh, Tanners, Morels, Andrews, Open Doors and Impart, ensuring that every partner would receive a minimum of $10,000 financial support per annum. So that's the $50,000 across those. That will grow for every partner. There'll be another $10,000. But we want to see that financial commitment increase to $20,000 per annum per partner by 2032. So we want to be making disciples, we want to have a kingdom culture, we want to continue to grow our mission partnerships and we remain in progress as we release resources further. And that means creatively using our ministry centre to serve and bless the community, exploring possible income streams that reflect our heartbeat, encouraging people to use their gifting to serve the body of Christ and the wider community, developing our unused land, and we want to be debt-free from these facilities, that's two and a half or $2.2 million dollars, uh, by 2030. That's something like, how many, how many years ahead? I can't remember. I should have worked it out. I think it's about 15 years ahead of the, the repayment, so we want to finish it. That's what it will mean. Can you imagine if we release from that $2.2 million debt in the next eight years? Can you imagine the kind of resources and the kind of things that we can do that could further bless and honour this community in a way that reflects what we've done with this with this ministry centre. And if you're not sure how this ministry centre functions, I can tell you that the feedback that we get on a regular basis from teachers, from uh, West Wimmera Education Department, um, from the Government Education Department, from the Catholic Education Department, from uh, community organisations, every time they walk in here, they say, and people, I had someone in here the other day who's never been in here, and they always say, what an incredible open space that feels like it's welcoming, a place of peace, a place of invitation, a place where people can feel safe. And it's not just the building, though, but it's the people who make the difference. Our team work tirelessly to create a space of welcome and invitation, and that's what distinguishes the use of these facilities from any other facility in Horsham. People get cared for in a way and an attention that they don't anywhere else. The psalmist writes, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Where are we planted? How will we continue to remain planted in the ways of Jesus that we might be like a tree planted by streams of water that will continue to yield fruit? That is God's fruit. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. And in Psalm 144, Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. 
Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of wars, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. That's the kind of kingdom I'd like to be a part of. Just that last statement in its own. No one will go into captivity. And there'll be no crying of distress on our streets. How's that for a vision? We are incredibly grateful for the many ways in which you, all of us, bear witness and testimony to God. I know that all of us sitting here... um, are already in relationships, investing and going out of their way and loving people. We're incredibly grateful for the ministries that are created, the homes that are open, the faithful love that is being demonstrated for the disciples that we are already making through the friendships that we're establishing. And remember, if a person is so far over here away from Jesus and don't want to know about Jesus and you're their friend, guess what you're doing? You're in the process, progress of making disciples. And if you've captured people here and they're exploring and asking questions, you're in process of making disciples. And if you've got such a deep relationship with some people who are as passionate and as faithful as you, I hope that you can be in the progress of making mutual disciples that will continue to inspire and bear the fruit that God has in store for you. Because we don't want to just get up here and go, we've arrived. Because it, does, it doesn't exist until we finally get to that place where Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. And we've got to continue. Some ways we've got to be more determined, more passionate about stirring people up here to come back here. Because we like this area, don't we? We like coming and saying, yes, you're doing great. Keep going. Yes. Who are the friends that you know who don't know Jesus? Oh, hang on. Keep that, hold that. This is a moment of imitation. This is a moment of vision. Um, We're grateful that you choose to make a Horsham Church of Christ your home. We think this opportunity has been coming a long time. We've been knocked about. We've been caught off guard. We've had our breath taken away. We've struggled to spit the dust out of our mouths. We've been discouraged, we've been battered, we've been bruised and we still feel weary and cautious. And I'm not dismissing any of that. But in the midst of that, which group will it be in this time and in this season who will throw open the windows and say there's a fresh wind coming? Who will it be who will re-energise the community? Who will it be who will speak hope and life and purpose and meaning into our community? I think it's our time to open the windows. I think it's our time to allow the fresh spirit to blow through us. This is a multi-generational expression, a multi-generational movement, and it requires every generation with open hearts, open minds, and open spirits. It's not about a perfect vision, but to live out of relationship with a perfect father. We want to be people in progress with a vision that is in progress. And that's the hope that we carry. 
Jesus is the hope of the world. So we, um, we've produced this. I know well, I've kind of flown over it, given you an overview, so you don't have to remember it. Uh, you can take home a booklet. Um, and we've provided that, not just to go home and sit on your shelf, but put it somewhere where you see it on a regular basis. Look something up, read into something, read something, pray into something. Ask God what he's calling you into as, a, as, a, as an individual, as a single person, as a married couple, as a family. As a life group, what's the mission? What's the heartbeat? How is Jesus calling you, us, to respond in this, to participate in this, to honour this, recognising the work and the discernment of the leaders who have put the time and the energy? Our vision is in progress isn't limited to what is written here. We want to give permission for experiments. We want to give permission for mistakes and for learning. But we want to continue to discern, to hear, explore and wrestle and function in a framework that enables us to grow and mature. We want to live out of a framework for new kingdom expressions. Will you join us in progress? We invite you to take the next step in being a part of this vision with us. As our team make their way up and prepare to close this morning, we want to invite you. What's your next step? What's your next step? Maybe God is inviting you to say, hey, it's time to trust me. Maybe you're holding something back. Maybe you're sitting here today going, I'm not sure about you, Jesus. Maybe this is this moment to say, all right, even if I'm not sure, I will trust you. Because as soon as you make that decision, it won't be every answer will be suddenly revealed to you. The invitation isn't to get every answer that you ever wanted. The invitation is to trust Jesus. Maybe that's the next step that you take today. Maybe the next step is finding a way in which you can be a part of transforming the community with us. We again invite you to take the vision outline home, pick it up from the office during the week if you're watching online, read through, commit to prayer, celebrate with us, walk with us, gather as a community, Grow as a committed people. Build a church with Jesus in covenant relationship with one another. Serve as a core group of people who are energised and awakened to the new thing that God is doing. Continue to be sent out as people commissioned and live out of relationship with the perfect Father. And in all of that, the invitation's there as we always do at the end of every service. As we um, recognise the holiness and the wonder and the joy of God in our final song, if there's a prayer that you need, if you need a miracle, a sign or a wonder in your life, we want to invite you to come and receive prayer. Or maybe you do want to need to make that step to say, yep, yeah, right, Jesus, I need to trust you. Maybe you need to trust it as a single person. Maybe you need to trust, it as a husband, trust him as a husband and wife. Maybe you need to trust him in a new season of your life. Things are changing. Things are unsettling. What will you do to take that next step to say, okay, Jesus, I'm a person in progress. I'll walk with you.